Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on. Welcome back. It's another edition of Bears Nation podcast. Myself, Jake Hassan, joined by Kevin Lapka and Chris Nano. We're here. Finally, took a week, but we are here to recap a victory. Bears beat the Broncos 16 to 14 in a nail biter that I think probably took at least seven years off my life. I don't know about you guys, but instant reactions. (laughs) Uh, Kevin, we'll start with you. I mean, we got Eddie Pinheiro. Oh, my goodness. I mean, we were all on the edge of our seat. This is every Bears fan's worst nightmare, and it comes, you know, alive here in week two, and everyone's so afraid of it, and boom, he nails it. And the whole city's electric. Everyone can't believe it. I mean, my goodness, it's his second 50-plus yarder of the day to win the game against the Broncos in a very, very tough, uh, gritty game. Uh, So, you know, again, hell of a job by Mitchell Trubisky to get the Bears down the field 40 yards in 30 seconds. Very, very difficult to do. And right when we thought all was lost, Eddie Pinheiro, of all people, comes in. Uh, in the clutch with with just an incredible field goal right down the middle to give the Bears a victory and and one and one baby here we go. Yeah, um, you know, I'll start off with saying a win is a win, um, you know, and and we'll take that, you know, any week, you know, a, a W is a W, and and you know, it, it's 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 great to get, you know, nothing's granted in the NFL, so um, you you can you, you got to take what you can get. Um, but you know, I'm, there are a lot of, I feel like there are a lot of negatives from this game. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that for later, but yeah, Eddie P I mean, what a job he's done. Um, I mean, I don't know. He, I'm sure he, he's feeling the pressure of, of Cody Parkey of Cody Parkey's miss from last year. And and I know like the, the, you know, he has so much weight on his shoulders and there was an immense amount of pressure. Uh, for that last kick and, and, you know, it, it, he made it and the bears won the game and, and, you know, now we're viewing him as a reliable kicker. So um, he did his job and, and, you know, he won us the game and, and, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what else he can do. Yeah. I think the big, the big takeaway for me is that, you know, we knew this kick would happen at some point, whether that be this week or in week 13 or in the playoffs, we knew a pressure kick like this was going to come. And so uh, to me, I think it's good that we got it out of the way in week two. And we, mm-hmm. you know, it's something, you know, two fifty plus yarders, especially one to win the game. Now we know like, man, this guy's got it. This man's got that ice in his veins. Yeah, totally. And you, you know, the weird thing is I saw, I believe it was Aaron Lemming who tweeted it out and he's like, you know, did anyone feel like, yes, a uh, good friend, Aaron Lemming, he was on the show for a few months ago. Um, I wasn't there, but 
Jake and Chris were there for that great interview. Um, he was saying, like, did they want to have minimal worry while he was taking that field goal? And I felt the same exact way. I'm sitting there at the edge of my seat, and sure, I'm freaking out. But, I mean, something about it just felt like he was going to hit it. I don't know if it was because he was in Denver, where kicks are usually made from further distances because of the altitude. But it's just something about him. Something about his demeanor. It just feels right. You just feel that he has more of a confidence. He's just, it seems like he's more mentally tough than Cody Park. He ever was, uh, especially in that situation. And, and then he just nailed it. Uh, I mean, and that's what, you know, to go off of it. I mean, his confidence now is at an all time high and that's really what they were looking for out of him, you know, boost his confidence. And it was boosted after that first, you know, 53 yarder that wasn't for the game winner. And then it comes out for the 52 yarder and he's probably like, okay, you know what? I hit one from this distance and in Denver, I can do it. And, and, you know, the snap was good. The hold was good. And it was right down the middle. And, and now, you know, even if he misses a few kicks, right, he won't get the scrutiny because of this kick. Now, if he misses a 30 yarder in a few weeks, sure, that would suck. But people are going to remember this moment for the rest of the year. And it's going to boost his confidence, which is absolutely huge and pretty much the most essential thing for a kicker. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I, I really like the comment about his confidence because there's just something about his demeanor that that you can tell that he's he's confident, or at least more confident than Cody Parkey was. Um, I, I just feel like there was like a there's something distinct about his demeanor that that you know just you, you can just tell he's confident and and he he feels like he's gonna make the kick no matter you know how, how far it is. So um, yeah, I, I I really I'm really excited for for um i'm really excited for him i'm really excited to see um you know him improve and and you know hopefully he, he can be the difference between having a first round by and and not having one so i i mean i'm impressed with how uh, much faith you had you guys had in that kick i was on the i was uh, i was sweating bullets <laughs> man i was and you know you guys both you know denver obviously and he had already hit one from that distance but Dude, I was I was sweating bullets, man. And obviously yeah. I believed that he would make it, but I wasn't I didn't think it was a sure thing by anything. But of course, I'm happy he did. Eddie Pinero looks like the guy. The on-field celebration was awesome. Uh the way the team surrounded him like that, rushed the field. Yeah. All, it was awesome. But you know, let's let's get back to the game. Let's go from start to finish. Um, you know, I mean, this was a quick moving game. It 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 Neither offense could really get anything going in the beginning. Then things started to pick up. Obviously, at the end, we know what happened. But, I mean, it was 6-3 at halftime. (laughs) It it was kind of – but it was moving fast. And there was a lot of frustrating moments. And, as always, it's going to come down to this season, Mitch. And what were our evaluations of him? Chris, I know you have some thoughts on this, so I'll turn it over to you first before uh, we move around this circle here. Yeah, um, you know, I, I don't I, I just feel like I'm repeating myself every week because it's just the things that he needed to improve on. He still hasn't. And it's just the same thing over and over. And honestly, I, I'm sorry if this hurts anyone's feelings, but it honestly feels like he's getting worse like that. That that's honestly what's going through my head as I'm watching the games. It's like. I mean, not not only is he not getting better, it just seems like things are getting worse. I I don't know how else to put it. Um, And whatever is going on, what you know, if even if it's even if you think it's the play calling, if even if you think it's Mitch, you know, like whatever it is, somebody needs to figure it out because uh, whatever 
whatever's going on on offense is pretty damn inexcusable. And that's the only word I can use, really. Um, so, yeah, I, I, we got to see improvements fast from this offense. You know, I, you know, I'm, I honestly disagree. And I know everyone, I know Chris is, is the Mitch. I think he's taking ownership as the Mitch hater. I, I think he is. And <laughs> the he, he's on, <laughs> the pessimist. I mean, he doesn't know he, it is justified to a sense and I'm not hating on Chris. It is justified. Uh, you know, if you, you are eager to see more, but you know, if you just look at this game, right, what was everyone asking for after week one? They were asking for Dave Montgomery. Let's run the ball, you know, 25 plus times and have more balanced offense. That's exactly what Matt Nagy did. And I see all these people on Twitter Monday uh, morning, Sunday night, and are like, well, why didn't the Bears air it out with Mitch? You know, what's wrong with Mitch? Why isn't he airing it out? You asked for the Bears to run it, and that is exactly what they did. So I don't understand why people are upset about that. But sure, Mitch Trubisky made some bad throws. I mean, really, the only terrible one I can think of is the missed overthrow to the left side of Taylor Gabriel. That one was inexcusable, but he had a, a beautiful throw to Tariq Cohen rolling out to his right. That was just an incredible play by Justin Simmons uh, of the Broncos. I'm, and then, of course, he gets us into position to win the game. And that's all I care about right now. You know, Chris said it earlier, a win is a win, right? Winning in Denver early in the season in this type of situation is rare. It hasn't been done since 2011. It's only been done once since the stadium opened in 2001. Mitch executed 40 yards in 30 seconds made one heck of a play to scramble around the pocket and throw a dart to Allen Robinson just in time to get a timeout. Uh, his awareness to be calling the timeout on the field, it was a hell of a job. You know, sure, did he have, you know, 120 yards on, you know, 19, 18 completions? Yes. Did he win us the football game? Yes. Uh, I think there's still, it's still going to come, and I'm, I'm still not worried and ready to put Mitch Trubisky to rest. Um. Kevin, you make a lot of good points that I agree with. Um, I think, Chris, you mentioned that the play calling was an issue. I disagree with that point specifically. I actually think Nagy called a really good game, um, especially compared to week one. To Kevin's point, everyone wanted to run more. The Bears ran 29 times. That's exactly what you needed. That's exactly what you had to do. Keep their defense on the field. Keep your defense off of it. Grind the clock out. You know, if Mitch had thrown 15 more times again, attempted 15 more passes like this, like a week one, I mean, you know, the defense would have been gassed far before they were at the end of the game there, um, far before you're taking timeouts to get Khalil Mack a, a breather and so forth. I think Nagy called a really good game. I think he adjusted to the mistakes of week one. Um, and and I think, you know, I had said earlier, Nagy needs to stop be, trying to be the smartest guy in the room. He did. For the most part, he did that. And I'm really happy with him taking ownership of that and realizing what the issue is, was and fixing it and addressing it. On the subject of Mitch, uh, Kevin, I am a little bit more nitpicky. I think he missed a couple more throws than uh, you Yeah, I mean, he missed to. more than that, but... I, I think, obviously, you mentioned the one play that got broken up, and that was an incredible play by the defensive back. I forget who it was for Denver. Justin Simmons. Justin Simmons, who is one of the better DBs in the league, and he, he's really good, and that's why he was on Allen Robinson in that uh, scenario. The Taylor Gabriel throw, you can have that. That's a throw you have to make. You have that opportunity. You got to be there. Um, I feel like something that we – it feels like we're talking from last year, but there were a couple drops. There was the one screen to Tariq Cohen that Tariq Cohen was trying to slip out in the flat and just completely whiffed. Uh, you know, you need better support there. 
there was one though, when Mitch, Mitch was trying to hit Allen Robinson on a crossing route over the middle and he threw it behind him and it get, ends up getting broken up. But if Mitch leads Robinson more into that throw, it's a gain and probably a first down. I remember thinking that and noting that for this specific purpose of talking about that on the flip side of that coin, Denver's a really, really good defensive team. We are forgetting that. Harris Jr. is an incredible player. That front seven, Wolf, Chubb, future Hall of Famer Von Miller. Like, that's nothing to sneeze at. And I think that's maybe why uh, some people are talking about the running game and why it wasn't as effective. You got a rookie running back in David Montgomery against that defensive front. Obviously, he's not going to do great. And I think Montgomery was really good in this game. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Mitch, at times, yes, he did look a little panicked and he did look like he was rushing a couple throws, but. Again, you got a future Hall of Famer coming at you. You got Derek Wolf, who's been a, a solid veteran presence for years. You have Bradley Chubb, who's a star in the making, coming at you. And you have Vic Fangio, who knows how you work as a quarterback, who knows your tendencies, and you're trying to, you know, outdo that. So I, I think overall, this was a good game, good play calling, good running game. Still need to see more from Mitch, but I think uh I think this week against the Redskins is gonna be a good opportunity for that. Yeah, I mean, I, like, here's the thing. You look at the stat line, you see 16 for 27, 120 yards, and a QBR 29.9. And without watching the game, you just say, oh, Mitchell Trubisky had a trash game. And, of course, we know Mitchell Trubisky is probably, I would say, the most scrutinized quarterback in the league right now. I, I would go out and say that. Let's say uh, Baker Mayfield just did 16 for 27, 120 yards, 29.9 QBR. But, oh, he led one heck of a drive to to win the game, everyone would be talking about the fact that Baker Mayfield or, you know, other quarterbacks, the fact of that matter, did a great job to get the team a win. No one gives a crap that Mitchell Trubisky put the Chicago Bears in a position even to have a chance to win the game. I know he was bad throughout the rest of the game, but all, all people want to do is scrutinize, scrutinize, scrutinize. And again, some of it is justified. Some of those plays should have been made. But you, you have to go back to it. He put the team in a position to win. And right now, that is all I care about. Do I know Mitchell Trubisky Agreed. is capable of things? Yes, I do know he's capable of things. Will it come? Yes, I do believe it will come. Mitchell Trubisky threw, what, like two passes this whole game beyond 20 yards? And so that's why his stats were so low. He, the whole ideology was, was Matt Nagy didn't want to come out here and air it out after the, after the disaster against Green Bay and knowing that Broncos have a good defense and a, and a solid secondary. So... You just got to look at it like that, man. And I'm sick of the scrutiny. And again, like I said, I gave it to week eight and, and and then I can and we can all start being seriously concerned. But, you know, let this thing evolve very. You know, this is kind of going into a foreshadow. But against the Redskins, you might just see Matt Nagy just absolutely air it out. And you might see Mitch Trubisky throw for 300 plus yards and three touchdowns. And he would just silence the haters. So just be patient. What we saw against the Broncos was exactly what Matt Nagy wanted. And Mitch Trubisky got us in a position to win the game. And the Bears are one and one end of the story. I I know uh, Kevin's answer to this, of course, uh, obviously based on that last rant. So, Chris, I'll ask this to you. Are you out on Mitch? Um, I don't want to say I'm out on him, but it's pretty damn close to it. If I'm being honest, um, I, I think it, it's just excuse after excuse. I, I mean, it's the, the thing is every podcast we, we predict them to have a good stat line and then we come out and have to make an excuse for why it wasn't. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, I, I don't know. It, I'm not completely out on him, but it's it's definitely it's definitely getting there. Yeah. 
One more thing, sure. Jake. One more thing. But Go before we move on from Mitch Trubisky, here's the thing you have to understand. Look, anyone who's giving scrutiny to Mitch, sure, you can say everything you want, but you have to understand it's going to be Mitch. I said this two weeks ago. If the Bears find themselves winning the Super Bowl, it's going to be Mitch. So you really have no reason to be pessimistic anymore. It's either optimism or, you know, just you know, just give up on it. Like, the Bears are going to get to the promised land. The Bears are going to get to the playoffs. The Bears are going to do everything they want to do with Mitch Trubisky. They're not going to go out and acquire a free agent. They're not going to start Chase Daniel in week seven. It's not going to happen. Let Give it time. Again, I'm going to keep using it. Week eight or, or maybe a little bit earlier. Give it time. Let them figure it out. Whatever's going on in his head, whatever's going on in Matt Nagy's head, let him figure it out and, and and just see where it goes. And I know we've been making excuses. Chris, that is a good point. You know, we've been saying every game he's going to come out and he's going to light it up and he just hasn't yet. But if you look at last year, right, you know, what it's a similar situation to last year. I know last year is year two and this is year three, but it, w- it was the same thing early on. There's all these questions right against the Cardinals. Uh, you know, I relate this Bears game uh to similar to that Cardinals game, right? That Cardinals game was 16 to 14, uh, which is the same exact score. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky went for 24 for 35, 220 yards and an interception. And everyone at that point is like, well, what is Mitchell Trubisky? Is he the Bears quarterback? You know, who is he at that point? And then, you know, a week later, he throws for six touchdowns against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm just going to say, be patient a little bit longer and give the kids some hope. Um, To answer my own question, I'm not out on Mitch either. I'm still, I'm not all the way in. I'm not going to blindly believe that he's a star in the making, but I think, and, and just be good enough. Just be, just be good enough. Just do what's asked of you. Just make the, the routine plays, just make the plays that you need to make and let guys like Montgomery, let guys like Allen Robinson make those plays and let the defense hold it down. I mean, this is still an elite group. I mean, this defense, I mean, if the stat line looks bad uh, as far and some of those coverages were pretty bad, but the defense looked great. So for Mitch, he just needs to be good enough. Um, Kevin, I agree with you. This is very similar to the Arizona game. I think next week is an opportunity to come out like the Tampa game from last exactly, year. Exactly. Um, but I, I need to see more from Mitch. There's, we just got to see these stuff. And I'll just go into it for, into this. I'll say this about next week. I'm not going to predict any numbers. I, I've learned at this point that when we try to predict things, kind of like Chris <laughs> said, I don't want to make excuses anymore. So I'm not going to put things just, I'm going to say what I expect. And I just expect this is what, and I think this is what all the fans are expecting. Clean it up. Just clean it up. That's it. Make the throws that you're expected to make. We just need you to pull it together a little bit this week. Honestly, it looks a little bit, but it was a little bit of a step forward. It, there weren't, blown opportunities there. I mean, there was the one Gabriel ball. That's really it. Um, so just continue to clean it up and pull it together and go from there. Just baby steps. You know, I, I feel like, and, and this is partially on, you know, us and other people in that cover and talk about the bears. We heaped all these expectations on Mitch and we were expecting this giant leap when now we just need to expect just baby steps, just pull it together, clean it up and continue to move forward. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Um, let's do our the rest of our grades for this game, and then we could do quick predictions for next week against Washington. Um, David Montgomery, we wanted to see him more this week. We did. He got 18 carries, 62 yards, a touchdown, obviously, that big touchdown um, near the end there. Uh, what do we think? I mean, what did we see from David Montgomery? What do we like personally? I think we saw all the things that he was advertised tough to take down really good vision had. I mean, he put Bradley Chubb on his back at one point or on his face. Actually, he broke his ankles at one point, which is great because like I said, Bradley Chubb's a star in the making and Montgomery's a rookie. So what did we like? What do we enjoy seeing from Montgomery? What do we want to see him continue to do in the future? Anybody can take this. All right, I'll take out. Um, Chris might not be connecting right now. Um, you know, I saw growth, and I saw that this is the day Montgomery we expected. Sure, his stat line doesn't pop out, but what did we see on every play, right? He's bouncing off guys, like you mentioned. He's he's breaking tackles, and that is exactly what David uh, Montgomery was as advertised. The guy who's just going to run people over and get you yards. I mean, every time, even there's plays where he's behind the, the line of scrimmage for four yards, and he somehow gets back to the line of scrimmage, or plays where, you know, he turns what should be a two-yard rush into an eight-yard rush, which is, right. you know, huge impact in the game, but I loved what they did, and they did what we asked 18 carries that's number you look at 18 carries 62 yards he was the go-to man in pretty much every opportunity third down Dave Montgomery's on the field uh you know go-to situations Dave Montgomery's on the field and that's exactly what you want he's going to become this workhorse back uh and again I if you look back at week one maybe he just wasn't ready at that time but now he is ready and he is looking like a force again this is a stout defensive front seven so for him to even put up a touchdown 62 yards which is it's a nice stat line uh it's not a 100 yard day but it's a nice stat line uh you know you like what you saw from Dave Montgomery and you know that there is still a lot more to come for that kid Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I really like what I'm seeing from him. Um, you know, I, I think his footwork looks amazing. I think he looks quick. He looks fast. He, he looks really sharp, you know, in every aspect. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very impressed with him. I, I think, you know, he's, he's only going to get better. And, and, you know, like Kevin said, he's going to be the, the workhorse running back. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I have no... I have no problems with with um, I have no problems or complaints with David Montgomery. I think I think he's going to be he's going to be a star. So. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I think Montgomery, you know, 18 carries is good. I think, you know, I think that number is going to keep climbing. Uh, a lot of people are going to harp on. Yeah, well, he didn't get that many yards per carry. Kevin, you alluded to it. This is a, and we've talked about it earlier in this episode. It's a great defensive front for the Broncos. It's one of the top in the league still, even though the Broncos as a whole aren't a great team. Um, and you know, this bears offensive line is supposed to be a better unit, but you know, when you, it's, it's an un, unstoppable force with the Denver Broncos, you know, you, you just try to do your best and you know, they opened what holes they could. And a couple times Montgomery made something out of nothing, which you'll, which you like. And so, uh, kind of like with the passing attack, I think the running game is uh, a lot more efficient. I'll say uh, next week against Washington. Yeah, um, totally, yeah. Cordero Patterson, we saw him this mm-hmm. week. Huge run, forty-six yard run, uh, which was a huge play. 
Um, but outside of that, I mean, the man is a menace on special teams. I mean, he's everywhere, not just returns, but ta- making tackles, flying down the field. I mean, we, we saw the speed on the 46-yard run, but and you got to pay attention a little more when it's the special teams. But Cordero Patterson making an impact in this game. He, he was uh, said his name a lot, which I'm happy with. Yeah, you know what the crazy thing is? Dealing with uh, the altitude here in Denver, he wasn't able to return a kick. And I don't think he returned one against the Packers either. So I don't think he's actually got the opportunity to return a kick off the kickoff. So we're all waiting for that treat. But my goodness, I don't know if you saw Next Gen Stats tweeted, he was the fastest ball carrier uh, of the week. Actually, I think he was the fastest ball carrier of all time uh, in the <laughs> Next Gen Stats era, uh, reaching 22 miles per hour as a ball carrier, which is just absurd. So, you know, I liked what they did there. You know, they didn't do too much with him, right? The, the, the two carries is pretty two or three, four is what you want to Cordero Patterson. He's not a guy that should be on there consistently. He's that, you know, guy you can utilize whenever you want to do a little bit of a toss or a little bit of a play action, you know, wildcat type thing. And they utilize them perfectly, right? He has that potential to just break open a play and set up a drive. And he did just that with that 46 yarder. I really liked uh, how they kind of toned it down a little bit. They gave him too many carries against the Packers. That's not who he is. You know, mix him in. Uh, the element of surprise is what Cordero Patterson is really good at and happy to see that he's making an impact uh, just like we thought he would with those big-time plays. Yeah, um, you know, he's he's one of those players that, you know, he he's not – no one's going to be talking about him as the reason why the Bears won a game. Um, but, you know, he he's – he, he does a little bit of everything like like you guys were, were bringing up earlier. And, um, you know, he does everything at a high level, which is so impressive, um, you know, you know, in, in a sport like football. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, really happy with what I'm seeing from Cordero Patterson, too. And and like you were saying, Kevin, I, I can't I cannot wait for this guy to return a kickoff. I'm just waiting for that. Yeah. Um, one other guy that I want to mention, one of my, and, you know, we'll start wrapping up here with our grades, but one last guy. And if you guys got anyone else after this, but Adam Shaheen, uh, possibly his most productive game as a bear, three targets, three catches, 24 yards. Um, you know, Mitch looked to him in a couple spots, uh, to either move the chains or, you know, make something happen, make something out of nothing. Um, it, it's good to see him involved. And we didn't see Trey Burton a whole lot. He got three targets as well, hauling in two of them uh, for just five yards. But Shaheen, if they can start incorporating him, I think this is a good sign. And, you know, he caught all of his targets. Granted, they weren't uh, very hard catches to make. But just so that defenses have to look at him and say, hey, you know, this guy might be able to do something. Shaheen's still got those physical tools. uh, And I'm I'm hoping we see more of him next week. I, I hope his usage continues to increase. Yeah, when we were having that Shaheen banter a few days ago, and, and you know, I was being a little harsh on him, I was, so I, I, I'll take that back, because he had, you know, he, you know, the main thing, right, the main thing was, I want to see him involved. It was never really a question of what he's capable of, because like Jake mentioned in the last podcast, I mean, this dude is an athletic freak. We know what he's capable of from a speed standpoint for a tight end, from just an athletic standpoint for his size. It's quite incredible. And, you know, I never was doubting that. I was just doubting and disputing how much Matt Nagy wanted him in this offense and how much he was going to use him. And we saw a little glimpse of that against Denver. Again, only three receptions for 24 yards, but we saw Nagy kind of go to him a little bit more. And we saw actually a really nice play, I think, to get a first down. Uh, Shaheen, like, 
he caught it kind of out in the flat and he just kind of ran a dude over or the guy went for a low tackle. He just stayed up and went for the first down. So I really like to see that Shaheen is getting more involved because again, you know, I'm not going to say necessarily the sky's the limit, but he is certainly capable of achieving very good things when given the opportunity. So I feel like it's one of those things where it's going to keep ramping up. It's not just going to be next day, eight uh, receptions for 150 yards. It's going to keep ramping up to see what a, a little bit of what he can do. Again, he's still, you know, in his second game of, you know, full health and for the first time pretty much of his career. So uh, I, you like what you see from Shaheen progressing here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll take back what I said as well. Um, you know, I, I was pretty damn hard on him, but, um, you know, he, 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 did a, he did a decent job. I think he was, he was all right in this game. Um, and, and like Kevin was saying, I, I'm, you know, we just want to see him involved. Um, and then, you know, we can see what he can do from there. Um, but this is definitely the first step in, 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 you know, progressing. So I'm happy with that. But I just wanted to ask you guys something. Um, what did you guys think about um, Trey Burton basically doing nothing in this game? I mean, I mean, I'm fine with it. Uh, you know, this is especially, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago with how weird the storyline has been with how back and forth it's been. I am totally fine with Trey Burton only being there in a limited capacity, start to slowly ramp him up, slowly bring him, especially in Denver with that altitude. It does weird stuff to your body. You got to take that plane ride back. You know, take it slow. I'm fine with taking that slow, especially, you know, with Washington and Oakland coming up. That's perfectly fine with me. You know what the weird thing is? It seems like Trey Burton's value is really not at catching the ball, but what he provides to the table just from a disguise standpoint. I mean, we what what do we really talk about when Trey Burton is inactive? It's, oh, they can target, uh, you know, Tariq Cohen in the flat. Those linebackers can get after him. We really value Trey Burton as a guy who can just, confuse the defense when he's out there and and the bears seem lost without him not because he makes nice plays in the field but because he shakes up the offensive personnel so i think again to what jake said you know it no one really should have expected trey burton to come out here and get a whole bunch of targets in action again he's dealing with kind of a nagging injury it's not just one of the you know again jake and you guys have talked about a million times it's just it's not one of those things that just healed and it's done with it's going to persist a little bit and you know he was still questionable throughout the week it's not like he had a full week of practice uh full go all week so i i'm fine that uh he only had two receptions for five yards but again i really do think you know one of the most important things is that he is disguising for the offense and and they can do more things when trey burton is active and on the field and and the receptions will come but for now he is valued at that area all right cool cool and then one other thing do you that was kind of my next question. Do you guys think he was mainly in this game to be a decoy? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, again, it's representative of how many targets he got. I mean, you got yeah. three targets, and, and they certainly weren't trying to go to him. They certainly weren't sending him up the seam like they usually do, you know, doing creative things with him. Uh, I, I think – Really, that is the main thing because, again, you, you bring in that whole altitude thing and effect. You saw that effect on Khalil Mack. Uh, I mean, he was on the side after the game. He's like, that altitude is is no expletive. And, and he was saying a whole bunch of stuff uh, because of how tough it is. So the last thing you'd want to do is bring a guy off of injury to to be a full go in that game. So I'm, I'm fairly positive that one of the main reasons they brought him back was to be that decoy, uh, like you said, Chris. 
cool, cool. Yeah, I, I was just that, that was just going through my head as I was watching the game. Like, where's Trey Burton been? And then yeah, I was kind of I was kind of thinking about it. I was like, because you know, me and Josh were kind of talking about how we didn't even think he would play, and then you know he 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 did play. I mean, you guys predicted it, so good job on that. Uh, but but yeah, <laughs> Thanks, Chris. No, like I, I was just, I was just thinking, just thinking. You know, I was like, dang, like I, I think. You know, it makes a lot of sense if they just played him to be a decoy. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of goes back to that, you know, bring him along slowly, do use him in whatever capacity you are comfortable with, and then just slowly ramp it up from there. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Yeah, and now I'll ask you guys about the defense a little bit because we, we've been totally talking about the offense, which is, you know, rightfully so. It's really the main issue but what did you guys see from the defense there uh just throughout the game i know it got scary in the end it really did you know they let the touchdown happen which honestly i was hating on joe flack a little bit heck of a ball from him to emmanuel sanders there in the corner of the end zone really nothing cal fuller can do but the first thing i want to say is i don't know why more people are not talking about the fact that cal fuller never went down his knee never hit the ground and he never went out of bounds that should have been a pick six the ref missed he called that with the whistle. Uh, and, you know, people are talking about the Saints play where Cam Jordan took that touchdown to the house, but the, the, the rest blew that dead. I don't know why more people are not talking about the fact that Kyle Fuller should have had a pick six there. But what do you guys make of the defense throughout the game? Uh, you know, 16-14, only 14 points allowed, but Joe Flacco, a little bit of a nice game. What would you make of the defense? Um, I I actually thought the defense was fantastic yesterday. I mean, yeah. you know, other than that, that – late touchdown i mean the, you got to keep in mind uh, like we've been talking about pretty much this whole episode playing in denver is really tough and these guys were gassed in the fourth quarter like you could <laughs> tell it, it was it was really obvious um so you, you know i i think they were fantastic yesterday um i i think you know i i think i don't know how you guys value turnovers but i mean i i think our defense this year looks pretty much better than how it did last year yeah because I, 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 I mean i don't know if it's 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 you know chuck pagano's aggressiveness or or i don't know what it is but they just look more dominant it seems mm-hmm. um i absolutely agree with that <clears throat> the defense was awesome you know there were some frustrating moments where it seemed like you know there were some receivers that were wide open or you know there was some soft coverage but you know, the great interception by four. And, you know, this was Mac had a bounce back game for me. You know, he was everywhere. He forced multiple penalties uh, from Denver's offensive line. That one tackle, the number 72 on the Broncos, he had a rough, rough day. Um, Schlereth would not lay off him. But, you know, when you're going up against Cleo Mac, that'll happen. Uh, I think it was a good I think it was a good game considering that, you know, they made Flacco throw the ball 35 times and he only got, tw- he got under 300 yards for throwing it 35, throwing yeah. it 50 times yeah. and having 35 completions. So I'll take it. I think they're really good. I agree with Chris. I think they're as good, if not better than, than last year's unit. Yeah, honestly, you know, Denver game planned well. Their whole goal was get the ball out quick, and they did yep. just that. But even then, you know, Khalil Mack was able to get to the quarterback. I mean, it, it seemed like Joe Flacco was under pressure a whole lot. But, you know, the thing, one thing I want to point out, uh, I know I'm kind of going on a roll here, but uh, late in the fourth quarter, you saw three straight plays. The last one got uh, blown dead due to, a, I don't know if it was a false start or a, a timeout. They blitzed Buster screen uh, with a corner blitz three straight times, and it worked out and it would have worked out on that third time. It worked out on the first two, and it would have worked out on the third. 
I thought that was really creative, and I really liked what uh, Chuck Pagano was doing with his blitz packages uh, in the right situations, it seemed like. And and again, like you guys mentioned, this defense just looks more dominant, and I think a big part of that is utilizing the blitz. And, you know, I, I'm looking back at last year, and I can barely remember any any big-time blitzes that Vic Fangio was dialing up, and again, it worked. But I'm really so far liking the aggressiveness of Chuck Pagano, and Eddie Jackson had one heck of a game out there. Uh, it didn't show up in the stat line, obviously, because everyone wants expect him to get a pick six, but he was making tackles and players all over the field. But what do you guys make of those blitzes? Uh, how did you like that throughout the game? I really yeah, liked uh, it. I, I'm loving, I'm loving Pagano's style and I think it works. Um, I'm totally here for it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've been talking a lot of crap about Buster screen. Um, yeah. this whole, this whole <laughs> This whole offseason, um, and, you know, this first couple of games, he's looked really solid. Um, I, to me, my biggest thing was, you know, kind of like what we've been saying with Mitch. I think his job in this defense is just to do his job and not mess up, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we know Bryce Callahan. I mean, I, can we all agree that Buster Screen is, isn't better than Bryce Callahan? Well, I mean, right now he's better than him because Bryce Callahan's, you know, in the locker room or on the fair, bench the whole game. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But assuming no, but yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Bryce Callahan is probably the better nickel corner. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So yeah, that that's kind of my point. Like we 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 don't need him to be that that superstar, you know, nickel. He he, he just needs to do his job, and I think he's doing that. And you know, even more, especially you know, when he came in through that uh, for that blitz, I was I was like holy crap was that buster screen like i i didn't even see it coming um yeah so yeah that was that i i really i i really do like that from chuck pagano yeah i mean i i agree i think callahan's obviously better but the defense clearly hasn't lost a step with screen in there so that's yeah, not mean. at all not at all yeah all right, boys. Eddie De Niro gets it done. Money from 50 plus gets the Bears the win. Bears are one and one heading to no hosting Washington. No, now we're going to Washington. Washington. Is it to Washington? Sure. All right. Well, yeah, they're going to Washington. Yeah. Going to Washington. My mistake for Monday night football. They will certainly be looking to feast on Case Keenum. The man is a statue. So I'm sure we're going to get some interesting sacks from that. I'm sure Pagano's going to dial it up, but it should be interesting. We'll get to our predictions later in the week, though. Later episode coming later in the week. Probably look for that Thursday or Friday, and we'll try and get that to you. You know, we wouldn't leave you hanging. This is just a recap episode. We'll get to predictions later. Try to get Josh Lyles back on the program for that. But as always, we thank you for rocking with us. And as always, bear down. Yeah.